0: Don Crawford Jr. Here's Michael and Don.
1: This is, once again, Know Your Legal Rights. My name is Don Crawford, Jr., the grateful owner of God Country, Texas, KAAM 770. And I'm sitting with my attorney, should be your attorney, estate planning, government assistance attorney, the Texas attorney. Can I say that? Is that is that acceptable? Is that legal? Can I say the?
2: I, I don't know. There's the universe, Ohio State University, <laughs> yeah, right. the University of Texas, but well, I appreciate the. Yes, but I, but you're I, welcome. I've been called a lot of things. I'm not sure I've been called the before. And
1: someone called... Uh, Someone said he went to the U the other day. Yeah. And I said, what's the U? Do you know what the U is? University of Miami. Very good. That's what it was. I was at a broadcaster's convention this week, and the, the gentleman said he played at the U. And I said, the U. What? I'm not sure everybody knows what the U is. And he said, it was Miami. I didn't realize yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Versus yeah. The, the University of Ohio State, right, or the Ohio yeah, State yeah. University. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, right. Interesting. I guess that puts them in a higher level or something. Uh,
2: I see. Well, that speaking of the University of Miami, I'd like to talk about something uh, connected with the University of Miami.
1: That'd be great. Well, let me say your name. It's oh, Michael okay. M. Cohen. Hello, Michael. Well, Michael B. is my middle, okay. real middle initial, but why okay. the M? Miami. Of course, you have something to say about Miami. Oh, okay, so
2: well, that's mm. my, uh, is it Miami Vice? or Miami spice, or which one? Exactly,
1: Don Johnson. Either way, so yeah. we like him. So, what, what did you want to talk about? Well, well since you mentioned the U, mm-hmm. I,
2: I'm going to tell you a story that is connected with the U. Please. Um, those who may recall Attorney General Reno, who who died relatively recently. Okay, uh, she was the Attorney General under the, in the Clinton administration. Right. Um, she grew up in Florida. Her her mom uh, was. Built a home in in the Miami area in Miami and per se, and of course Miami's grown quite a bit. But she had a kind of an, uh, an area that was um, um, a little bit more difficult to get to, and it, it was. In, she built the, the the mother of Attorney General Reno built the home by hand in the 1940s. Wow, and had lots of different, you know. It, um, you know, let's say scenery, I guess you'd say, between the uh, trees and things like that. And um, Attorney General Reno thought because of her connection, she went, um, I believe, down to, back to uh, Florida after uh, being in the Clinton administration, and she wanted to give her mom's home to the U, to the University of Miami. Oh, I
1: didn't realize Uh, that. yeah,
2: Yeah, so she had created her own trust. Attorney General Reno, the 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 you know the lead attorney in the United States mm-hmm. for at least the, uh, during the administration of the Clinton administration. Well, um, so she said on one condition that the University of Miami keep it the way it was and to maintain the property. Okay, um, everything else went to the seven. She never, she did not have children. Uh, went to seven nieces and nephews. Okay, um, it, the trust was a revocable trust, and when you die, of course, a trust you can't revoke it after you die, so it becomes irrevocable after you die. Alrighty. Well, in this case, the attorney general, Reno, uh, the University of Miami said it was too expensive to maintain, hmm. so they said we decline the acceptance of your mother's property in a prime area of four acres in a good area of, of Miami. Wow. And they said, but it's too much maintenance, so we're going to regretfully uh, – and thank, but thank you very much, but mm-hmm. we're going to decline. Mm-hmm. Um, so the trustee of the trust went to court to say, can we give it to another university? So the problem you see here was that the there was no – provision as to what happens if
1: somebody declines right. the acceptance of a of a gift. Why not and everybody needs to understand I had no idea we were going to talk about University of Miami when I brought it up at the beginning of the show. It's very ironic, but um why not accept the, the inheritance and then sell it? Well they
2: could, but no 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 they had to keep it they had to, they keep, had to it. keep it that was the provision. You have to keep it but um, but you have to maintain it. Okay. Sure. You know, she probably thought it was actually historical. Sure. And, and she wanted to keep things as is. That's the condition of the gift. Okay. All right. So the um, um, trustee of the trust went to court to say, well, um, I think since they're not accepting it, we'll find another university. And they found Miami-Dade College which was not very far from the actual – like a half a mile from the actual property. Okay. However, one of the nieces went to court and objected. They said, why? They said she did not – the trust became irrevocable upon death, and there was no provision as to, uh, uh, you know, what happens if Miami – University of Miami declined – so therefore you're you're making it where the courts are making the the decision of the deceased as opposed to what the what the deceased wrote and therefore it's not you know, you're you know taking away the rights of Florida citizens because this is in Florida, of course, because you're saying how things go as opposed to what the trust said. The trust said it becomes irrevocable, and therefore, since it became impossible to to fulfill the uh, what was said,
1: uh, therefore, it should be sold and split between the seven nieces and nephews. Classic. Yes. So this is why he's machine gun Mike because. In those vision meetings that Michael has with his potential clients after they've attended one of his workshops, he rapid fires them with all these what-if questions and these possible scenarios and had you thought about. And here we have the Attorney General, and she did the estate plan herself, yeah, correct? Yeah, she did. She,
2: yeah, here the lead attorney for the... Okay. So even the, 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 you know, some of the most astute, we think, attorneys in the country mm-hmm. make mistakes.
1: And that's... That's such a common one-on-one rule of thumb. If you're not an expert in that area, even if you are an attorney, get one who is. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, yeah.
2: So so what did they do? What did they do? Um, they went to court, and the court rule uh, ruled that um, it could be Go to Miami, and they said it was similar to what she would have wanted, uh-huh. and therefore Miami, Miami Dade College, Miami Dade College, oh, okay, would it. get the the property. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if it were in Texas? Uh, in Texas, uh, well, first of all, the, the moral of the story is you should say well, or similar institution. If something happened, mm-hmm. something language to that effect would have been the obvious answer. Uh, in retrospect, uh, mm-hmm. uh, in Texas. There even You can modify even irrevocable trust. In her case, uh, it was irrevocable trust that becomes irrevocable. Of course, you can't change things after you die, but a lot of times people have irrevocable trust. And even an irrevocable trust can be modified. There's like five different reasons. And one of them is if the, the uh, purpose of the uh, grantor, the one who sets up the trust, could not – be fulfilled Mm -hmm. and so therefore uh, you could do something similar uh, if it cannot be fulfilled and so in Texas I think it would have been the decision of the Florida court would have been consistent now in Florida apparently and I'm not licensed in Florida they don't have such a uh, apparently they don't have such a rule uh, that we have here in Texas or law so the You know, every state is different. Of course, you can only be licensed in the states that you're licensed, and so mm-hmm. I can't give advice as to Florida law. But the really the moral of the story is simply is this. On any type of bequest, always think about who's an alternate, what happens if. Mm-hmm. If you have uh, – even if you said I, my gun collection goes to so-and-so, but what happens if so-and-so either um, – Says, I don't want it, or maybe dies. And, or whatever, what happens if, you know, whatever it may be, you always have to think of an alternate situation because life, we're not God. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't, you know, as they used to say, uh, man plans, God laughs. Mm-hmm. So, oh, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so really have to, we try to. Try to think of destiny versus certainty and try to say, well, if this happens, then this happens. If this bad thing happens, then this this happens. So you have to think about those things normally when you do any kind of plan. In this case, Attorney General Reno just simply didn't think that somebody would decline accepting a gift. Yeah, don't knock a gift horse in the mouth
1: but they did <laughs> right exactly so there's another example another story and i have a couple of questions about it but uh, i also have um, one big fat answer don't get yourself caught in this kind of situation ever it can be messy uh, you may not you may become disabled Um, and things can kick in when that happens, or when you're passed away, you certainly don't want to leave a minefield for your heirs. And the best way to do that and to prevent these things from happening is to go to a legal expert who's been doing this for decades, who lives in Texas, who understands Texas law, and is not a generalist, but someone who specializes in estate planning and government assistance. That is my friend, my attorney, my co-host, Michael Cohen, who hosts workshops every month, at least two a month, if not more, on Thursdays and Saturdays to provide you with the opportunity to present to him a question about your individual circumstances for free. The next workshop is Saturday, March the 7th. The next workshop is Thursday, March the 26th. And Michael, please tell them what goes on at those workshops.
2: Well, we ask people what they want to know and it could be anything it could be about wills it could be about trust it could be about some tax issues it could be about government assistance like medicaid or veterans benefits it's anything we ask people what they want to know so every workshop people ask different questions uh, we have a, some, a lot of people who go to one workshop and then they go try to go the next one as well assuming that we're not filled we do often fill up. The last couple have been, we've had to bring in extra seats.
1: They just want extra coffee mugs. That's yeah, why they I, come. I think
2: I, I, that's exactly why they it's do. They fun. want that KWM coffee mug, which also happens to be
1: free. So they come twice just for the mugs? I think so.
2: Uh, we okay. have to get an extra supply from uh, KWM just to meet their needs. The, <laughs> you know, the good thing is that they're not uh, making those mugs in China. Yeah. Uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, right anyway. The, the yeah. So whatever we what we do is say, what do you want to know? And quite frankly, you'll see that in, those, in two hours, free estate planning, whatever it is, that questions that people want to know. Mm-hmm. We go over those questions, and it's not you can't. It's more than just one question. You could ask whatever it is. It's interaction. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's why we call it a workshop and not a seminar. So then it's not a talking head. That's why people come back even because they say, "Oh, I want to know more." It's, Mm It's it's actually back and forth and seeing what the issues may be. So you might not think about a lot of times people don't. They always, most people always think about the way things are right now and. We usually kind of bring them into our world and mm-hmm. say, well, we think about things a little bit different. We think about all bad things that happen. You just mentioned sometimes people are disabled. Well, I have nobody that's disabled in my family, but who's to say that at the time of your passing that somebody not, might not be disabled? Mm-hmm. So in my world, that is one of the type of things that we think about. Or what happens if you become disabled and you can no longer do your planning? So you have to do things while you're okay. Uh, and so we ask people what they want to know. And for two hours, we answer your questions. And if you do go to that free two-hour stay planning essentials workshop, then we also give a free vision meeting. In other words, we look at your situation uh, one-on-one if you want. There's no obligation, of course. And we see what your story is and see if your plan is the way that you want because everybody's plan is individual, we look at everybody's situation and see what their goals are, and that's what makes everybody customized to be uh, for their to fit their own situation. To go to that free estate planning essentials workshop to get two free hours of you know free education and one hour, if you would like, of a free vision meeting, and of course the KWM coffee mug. Of course. Then all you have to do is call two one four seven two zero. O one O two. That's two one four seven two O O one O two. Or sign up online at Dallas Elder Lawyer, Dallas Elder dot com. Um, you'll see that the two hours. That workshop will just absolutely fly by. Mm-hmm. You're going to learn mm-hmm. something and have some fun along the way. And if you do – I think you won't be disappointed. And if you, But if you do are interested, you should sign up as soon as possible because we have had to bring in extra chairs the last couple workshops because we've been full.
1: Yes. And um, the – His offices and where the workshops always are are right at the intersection, right near the intersection of 635 and I-75. I call them, I use numbers because I'm from Pennsylvania. We use numbers in Pennsylvania. Um, So that makes it even more convenient if you want to feel for where the workshop is. And, of course, um, they are outside of drive times. So Saturday, um, March the 7th, would be at 10 o'clock in the morning. So Thursday, March the 26th, would be at 1 o'clock in the afternoon for your convenience. Now, Michael, uh, again, go to DallasElderLawyer.com for you cell phone users and laptop and desktop users. If you want to just click, click, and then throw in your name and phone number and email address. You can also, by going to Michael's website, get his newsletter. That's constant education from Michael on current issues and matters that you should be familiar with no matter how big or small your estate plan is. Yeah, not only the newsletters, but
2: we also have podcasts. All these radio shows that we have uh, actually are on podcasts as well. So you could look at each category. In fact, if you look at our newsletters, which I usually write five or six articles a month, that uh, and actually the Attorney General Reno story was in our February uh, newsletter. Uh, the... Uh, we, we write these articles, and they're all on my website, and they're kind of archived uh, just as well as the podcast so that people are listening more to these shows on our podcast because uh, they could hear whatever the category it is that they may want to – whatever's of their interest to them regarding estate planning.
1: It's not in these legally polysyllabic terms. It's very reader-friendly. Michael doesn't try to hammer you with all these uh, special legal terms that will then blow your mind. You've know, you got to look up 10 words just to get through the first paragraph. So that's very helpful for readers, uh, for any readers for that matter. Um, Michael, uh, we got about 10 minutes for this show, maybe a little bit less. Let me ask you, um, the cousin that sued, good for her for doing that. Did she sue um, because she felt the home should go to another school, or did she sue because she thought they would be able to sell the home and it would be a money grab, basically, for her and the others?
2: Money grab. <laughs> mm. Sorry to hear it was that. just, I, I, in my opinion, uh, of course, I'm in my world, I think I see, we only see the bad, but in, uh, I think that she, she said that it should be sold and that it should be divided equally between the seven, actually, nieces and nephews. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it looked like a money grab to me. Okay. And, and unfortunately, you see, when it comes to anything, um, I wish I could tell you that everything was perfect in the world, but a lot of times people are just trying to see how much they can get. Yeah. And we see it a lot of times, even on something small. Right. And you, you see a lot of times bad things happen, and there are people try to unfortunately take advantage of situations and. A lot of times, even in the planning world, you have to be careful because, um, you know, uh, it's a sad thing. I hate to see it, but, you know, sometimes uh, some a child will take a parent in and say, oh, let me let me kind of go over what mom wants in her will. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it, it's beneficial to the child. Well, that would be um, a concern for undue influence uh, and – or some sort of tortious interference with the estate or something that could be uh, a problem down the line. So we have to be careful about things like that. Uh, remember we a couple months ago we talked about um, – the knives out movie sure. and the uh the the housekeeper was the beneficiary of the wealthy man's estate. Right. And that was unnatural. And so the other heirs, the greedy heirs, I should say, uh said, well that obviously uh that's not the natural bounty of affection that will should be overturned. Uh, because she was, she shouldn't have been the one. But even though she really didn't uh, have any undue influence, mm-hmm. so uh, and and actually in Texas, as we talked about previously, um, that is a, not the natural bounty of affection. So even if you put in a provision that said you, uh, if anybody contests, they get nothing. Uh, that could be something that could be reviewed for undue influence because that's not the natural bounty of affection. Right. So, but even if it were, if somebody were the natural bounty of affection, doesn't mean that there couldn't be. Uh, a lot of times, things are overturned because of either capacity issues or undue influence or mm-hmm. duress. So, a lot of times, and I'm I'm not a litigator. I'm a lover, not a mm-hmm. fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, they, but we have to look at consider those type of things. Uh, when we have um, different planning. And so sometimes, especially in second marriages, sometimes we have the husband, wife, even though they may have waived any kind of conflicts of interest, we have to either tell them to go to another attorney or at least be outside each other in, uh, when they do their signings sometimes if right. we think that there's really a, a concern. it It's also into an issue on how you set up, sometimes how you set up trust Uh, Does a trust become revocable The revocable trust become irrevocable On the first one to die Mm -hmm. Do we put any kind of provisions to Protect uh, even if it's Not a tax issue to protect The assets for the first One to die as children or whatever Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's different types of things And different circumstances that you have To consider no matter What you know so everybody's situation Is different that's why It's you know the thing that's disturbing is a lot of times you'll see things that are just forms, and people think that they're just forms, but that's incorrect. Um, I did have somebody in my office that was recently that just – they apparently just use forms, and that's where you get problems because then they don't think about all the ramifications, and it's pretty easy to see, or at least for an attorney to see when it's just a form. Mm -hmm. Because then you say, oh, well, that's just not going to cut it uh, uh, because of your factual situation.
1: Right. Zoom, zoom, zoom. That's all I have to say about that. Uh, But it's interesting, as in legal zoom. uh, But the thing about – uh, that situation too, which I find fascinating, is uh, this is now, this is Bill Clinton's attorney general. Um, this is Janet Reno. I mean, you can't achieve more than basically what she did. Very tremendous. Very prestigious. So then she says to herself after when she retires, I have this home and... Uh, It's worth a lot to me, and I'm an attorney, so I'll do this myself. I've already (laughs) thrown out the the caveat about don't do it yourself, even if you are an attorney. But the other part of it is that a lot of time, love is blind. A lot of times, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and her treasure was her home, but she didn't realize that someone, like the University of Miami, might say trash and reject it, and then and then there's all kinds of problems.
2: Yeah, and in this case they just of course the reason why they reject us they thought it was just going to be too costly to maintain. Okay. And they say that the, the the value is not worth it to them. Okay. And even though it may have been historical, you know, you had a famous person property that's been uh, the same spot for 80 years, that's a kind of unique area, right. uh, and you would think it would be of a value, of course, right. uh, and of course,
1: to Miami-Dade, it was a value. But how does that work? How does University of Miami not have the money, supposedly, but Miami-Dade, a much smaller college, does? That's very well, strange to me.
2: Well, that, that I can't tell you, but I can tell you that, you know... I guess what all looks upon, anybody looks at things as an opportunity or not an opportunity. Right. And it's kind of like, um, remember uh, last year we had that story about the, uh, where the New York University had been. Bequested this property in Italy, and, oh, right. and 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 everybody thought that that was really valuable, and mm-hmm. but some, I suppose, other people might think differently. But mm-hmm. um, everybody has their own definition of value as to what's worth. Uh, sure. Uh, and um, uh, in this case, Miami University, the U, uh, thought it wasn't. You. Yeah, the U, the University <laughs> of Miami, yeah. thought it wasn't worth the cost, uh-huh. but. Miami-Dade said, well, I think this is historical. It's not far from our university. We think this might be an opportunity to get students to come to our university. Maybe we could use this in certain ways that people, maybe they could use it like for uh, some sort of People could visit. You know, it's kind of like NYU did in that property in Italy that we talked about several months ago where they use it as a way to get college students to be able to go to Italy. They could use it – you could use it to their advantage. So then you have to say, is it – does the benefit work out? People sometimes disclaim, uh, you know, an asset – let's say they don't need an asset uh, sometimes they do disclaimers. I'm not talking about Miami in this case, but let's say you're a beneficiary and you don't. It's better for somebody else to get the asset, so there could actually be disclaimers. Or sometimes, for tax reasons, uh, there's disclaimers. Uh, um, so. Wait. Uh, so it's everybody's situation is different.
1: Yeah, and they change all the time, and you never know. Um, what I do know is that speaking of the U, the U as in the KWM listener needs to attend one of Michael's two workshops this month. Dial 214-720-0102, 214-720-0102, or go to DallasElderLawyer.com, DallasElderLawyer.com to sign up for that, for the workshop for the podcast. You can download that at any time if you can't listen to this program when it's on KAM, which is three times a week, basically. Yeah, Mondays and Tuesdays at 1 and Saturdays on. at 2, but He three better than I do. That's yeah. actually a very good thing. I do oversee 11 stations, so I can't remember all the program lineups, so I apologize for that. Dallas Elder Law Attorney Michael Cohen, thank you, sir. Thank you, Don.